0: did uh, the book of 1st Timothy chapter number 2. Thank you ladies for the wonderful, wonderful song this evening. I love coming to the Emmanuel Baptist Church for many reasons. One of the reasons why is the wonderful, wonderful music. The great singing is just such a blessing every time I've been here and I'm so grateful. Another great uh, uh, reason why I love to come to Emmanuel Baptist Church is the wonderful food. Brother Fox and uh, company outdid themselves today at lunch and I've been thanking the Lord all afternoon that Brother Brother Fox is a chronic smoker. (laughs) He smokes meat every time we come down here, and he did a great job today between the ribs and the pork. It was just all wonderful. And of course, your pastor is just a wonderful host, and and uh, we're just so grateful to be here and to be a part of this service. I love the frogs. I mean, man, where else could you get serenaded by frogs and eat pork ribs, and I tell you, the the Lord is just so good, amen, the Lord is just so good, now I asked the preacher before this service started, in fact, I got in touch with him last week, and I said, preacher, the Lord is turning in my heart about the great need for the United States of America, I want you to know tonight that I love the United States of America, But I do not love what America has become. And I believe with all of my heart, the answer to make America great again is to make America godly again. And with that in mind, I want to take my Bible and preach a message. I told the preacher earlier, I said, please pray for me. I've never preached this message before, so I'm going to use you to try it out on tonight. So when I hit a rough spot, and I'm going to every now and then. You just say amen, alright? And uh, maybe the frogs will chime in with you. And we'll have a wonderful, wonderful time. Of course, when you study the New Testament of the Bible, you'll discover God used the Apostle Paul to pen four epistles to individuals. There, of course, is the book of First and 2 Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Now, out of those four, three of pastoral epistles simply because they focus on pastoral care as well as the responsibilities of the pastor. However, while looking into the first four verses of 1 Timothy chapter 2, I believe with all of my heart the responsibilities that Paul is writing about here should not only be considered and carried out by the pastor but in the lives of every born-again child of God, especially when it comes to our relationship as Americans with the country in which God has blessed us to live. I trust that will be made evident tonight as I preach a brand new message that I have entitled Being a Blessing to America. How can we as Christians in the year of 2018, be a blessing to America. We often hear and sing along with the words, God bless America, land that I love. However, tonight, I want to take my Bible and show you from the Word of God how that each and every one of us can be a blessing to our great country. And if you'll hang in there with me to the last part, you'll see tonight that one of the ways that we can be a blessing to the United States of America is by evangelizing it fervently. With that in mind, would you please stand as we read the Bible together. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. The Apostle Paul, as he was led of the Holy Ghost of God to do so, writes, I exhort therefore... That first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good. And acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Here in 1 Timothy chapter number 2, within the verses that I've just been blessed to read within your hearing, the word of God teaches us how as born again believers we can be a blessing to America. We would be very wise to not only hear what thus saith the Lord, but as Americans we would be very wise to heed what thus saith the Lord. Let's bow ahead shall we for A moment of prayer. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the inspired, inerrant, inviolable, impeccable, indestructible Word of the living God. Father, I pray tonight that you would use the Word of God to do much more than just challenge us as Americans. But I pray that you would change us that we may be more like thee. Lord, only then Will we be the faithful children of God to carry out these admonitions that I've been blessed to read within our hearing? Help me, Father, I pray. I'm nothing without you. I want to be a blessing to my friend, Dr. Neal, and this wonderful church family. Use me tonight, I pray you would. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Not too long ago, someone wrote these interesting thoughts down and entitled them only in America. Only in America can a pizza get to your house quicker than an ambulance. Only in America are there handicapped parking spaces in front of a skating rink. Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions filled, while healthy people buy their cigarettes at the front counter. Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Diet Coke. (laughs) Only in America do we buy hot dogs in packages of ten... And hot dog buns in packages of eight. I've never figured that out. Only in America. And of course tonight we laugh and have fun with those statements as we well should. However, at the same time tonight, one cannot deny that America, in spite of her many faults and failures, has been providentially blessed by the thrice holy God of heaven. The natural resources that lie within the borders of our great country are without parallel anywhere else in the world. Not only is our country blessed with some of the most fertile ground on the planet, but vast resources of iron, coal, and oil lie underneath our soil as well. Those resources were not put there by men, ladies and gentlemen. They were put there by God. Perhaps the most fertile ground on all the planet is located in the great plains of our great country. Because of that, America has become literally the breadbasket for the world in that our own country feeds much of this world's population. Can you imagine another nation that in any way can claim to have been the recipient of God's unearned blessings to the measure that the United States of America has been? I say to you tonight... Absolutely no. God has been good to the United States of America. However, in light of those many, many manifold blessings, how dreadfully sad it is to say that for the most part, America has turned from the truth of the Word of God. America has turned its back on God. Can I just say, as a man that invested six years years of his life serving our country again, as I said earlier, I love America. I love this great nation, nation. But I do not love what this nation has become. It's sad to say, but it's true. Sin that used to slink down the back alleys of our great cities now struts up the main streets of our great cities. And I'm afraid tonight that we've become a nation full of self. So full of pride, so fraught with arrogance, that we turn to anybody but God. We turn to anywhere but the Bible. And we go to any place but the church for help. I say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, far too long, we've called wrong right, and we've called right wrong. For the most part, we've expelled God from the public arenas of our day, and we have said by our actions, God, we don't need You. Why, even Christians today, have heard the ACLU use the phrase separation of church and state so often that some of us have even begun to believe it. But let me enlighten you to the fact tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the phrase separation of church and state does not appear in the Constitution of the United States of America. It does, however, appear in Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto that it doesn't appear in the Constitution of the United States of America. That phrase was actually coined from a letter that the principal framer of our Constitution, our third president, Thomas Jefferson, wrote to the Danbury Baptist Association assuring them he was giving them his word that he would do his part in keeping the government out of the church and not the church out of the government. Amen. Within that letter, Thomas Jefferson wrote, and I quote, The First Amendment has created a wall of separation between church and state. However, that wall is a one-directional wall. It keeps the government from running the church while making sure that Christian principles will always remain in government. Can I tell you tonight what the liberal modern day media will never tell you? It was never the intention, it was never the intention of our founding fathers to keep God out of government. I don't care how hard the liberals and the modernists try to convince you otherwise, that's not the case at all. Did you know it was a historical fact? It is a historical fact that when President George Washington was inaugurated, the first president of the United States of America, history records that he took the King James Bible and he literally pressed it to his lips and then he held a two-hour worship service in Congress. Can I ask you a question tonight? Does that sound like the actions of a government that had just told God? To take a hike? Absolutely not. In 1776, 11, that's right, 11 of the 13 original, original colonies required that you had to be a Christian before you enrolled. Well, we've come a long way since then, haven't we? In 1777, the Continental Congress voted to spend $300,000 to purchase Bibles for distribution in our country. Can you believe that? Today, that would be the equivalent of over $8 million. Can you imagine your senator, your congressman assuring you that $8 million would be budgeted in our country's uh, uh, general funds to be distributed? the Word of God all throughout our nation. Boy, we've come a long way since that. Amen. A long way since that. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president said about our founding fathers and I quote, they were intent upon establishing a Christian commonwealth in accordance with the principle of self-government. They were an inspired body of men. It has been said that God sifted the nations that He might send choice grain into the wilderness. Coolidge continued to say, Who can fail to see it in the hand of destiny? Who can doubt that it has been guided by divine providence? No, I say to you tonight, America has been blessed by the providential hand of God. And I say to you as well, Emmanuel, by this church, I realize, believe me, I realize we are living in a dark day, especially spiritually speaking. But let me remind each of you tonight as God's children, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Hear me this evening. There is a reason God instructed the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 through the pen of the apostle Paul to do all things without murmurings and disputings. He tells us why in verse 15 of the chapter. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, listen, among whom ye shine as lights in this world. Hear me tonight, child of God, you and I are God's light to a dark and a dreary and a lost and dying America. And therefore it's vitally important, it is vitally important that we listen to God this week, that we are challenged this week to reach our own country with the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love America. I want to do my part in turning America back to God. Amen. I've had people to tell me that it won't happen. I've had people to tell me that it can't happen and I understand I've said it about the prophecy I I understand uh, for the most part that America isn't listed in the prophecies that we read about in the book of Revelation but can I just tell you I am absolutely persuaded to believe that as long as God is on His throne as long as there is a remnant of people like Emmanuel Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida reaching your state reaching your country reaching the world with the gospel I am absolutely positively persuaded to believe that as long as God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think I still believe there is hope for the United States of America therefore I ask myself the question tonight Lord what would you have me to do as an American to turn my country Back to God. But can I tell you, the answer is right here in your Bible. So what can we do as God's children to be a blessing to America? Number one, we can be a blessing to America by praying unceasingly. Let's look at again here in our key text, First Timothy chapter 2. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 1, as well as the first portion of verse number 2. Look at it with me. Paul writes, I exhort therefore that first of all, do you see the priority of prayer? That first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. My, how simple, yet at the same time, how profound. Here, the Bible teaches us how that we can be a blessing to our great country. We can be a blessing to our great country. We can play a vital role in turning America back to God. We can do it by praying unceasingly. According to the word of God, we are to pray for all men. We are to pray for one another. And we are to specifically, according to the text, pray for those that are in authority. We have been commanded by the thrice, Holy God in heaven to pray for our president, for our vice president. We are to pray for the Congress, for the courts, for the local officials of our city and our state. We have been commanded to pray unceasingly for those in authority. I know, I, I know this is a mixed congregation here tonight in many different ways. Some of us are tall, some of us are short. I, I can relate to what Brother Benji said when he stood up here. I mean, when Brother Neil gets up here, it's, it's the way it is. When we get up, look, you might as well just get it out of the way. Some of us are tall, some of us are short. I look around tonight, some of us are young, some of us are old. I look around, some of us are white, some of us are, are black. I look around, some of us are, are skinny, and some of us are challenged in that particular area of our lives. I'm trying to be politically correct here. We're all different kinds of people here. We're made up of different ideas, different characteristics. There's probably, there's probably maybe just one or two here that wouldn't agree with everything that our president did. But can I ask, ask you this question, have you prayed for him today? It is amazing how often we criticize Brother Stanley, but we never stop to pray. You know what God told you to do for your president? God said pray for him. Have you prayed for him today? You know what God says for us to do for our vice president? God said we ought to pray for him today. We ought to pray for kings and for all that are in authority. Samuel Chadwick said, the one concern of the enemy... Is to keep Christians from praying. Are you listening? Say amen. Amen. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom. However, he trembles when the weakest of God's children fall on their face to pray. Can I ask you, red-blooded Americans, tonight at the Emmanuel Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida? Do you want to be a blessing to your great country? Do you love this great country? let me tell you, the greatest thing that you can do for it as one of God's young'uns tonight is to fall on your face daily and take the President and our nation and the Vice President and the Congress and the courts to the Lord in prayer. Pray unceasingly. We can be a blessing to our great country by praying unceasingly. We can be a great blessing to our country, number two, by living Can I show it to you? It's right here in the Bible. Let's read verses 1 and 2 again while placing special emphasis on the latter portion of verse 2. It's right here in the Bible. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Why? He answers that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. How are we to live our lives, children of God? Why are we to pray for all men, but especially for those who are in authority over us? Well, the Bible says, we do those things that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. In all godliness and Honesty. Woodrow Wilson, our 28th president and governor of New Jersey said, America was born a Christian nation. America was born to exemplify devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of the Holy Scriptures. Oh, and I realize tonight that not everybody is going to live godly. Not everybody is going to live honestly. First Timothy chapter, second Timothy chapter three rather teaches us that in the last of the last days evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse and worse being deceived and deceiving themselves. Not everybody is going to live godly, but what about you? And what about me? i tell you, every day, the older I get, especially, I realize the need every day when I fall on my face before the Lord to say, Lord, I need your help today to live godly, to live honestly. You know what? My mama taught me something growing up. Thank God for a godly mama. My mama taught me something growing up. If you can't say nothing good... Don't say nothing at all. So a lot of times, the more spiritual man, just keep your mouth shut. Amen? And pray. Pray! Live godly! Preacher, did you hear what they said about you? I'll make a deal with you. You don't tell me what they said about me, and I won't tell you what they said about you. Live godly you know miss cassie is not here so i can say this she won't think i'm trying to flatter and get her, get her on her good side but miss cassie says this to me often she said you know the christian life is really it's not that hard to get a hold of you read your bible you pray you win people to jesus wake up the next morning do it all over again that's right <laughs> Win people to Jesus, read your Bible, live godly, go to church, tithe, give the missions, get up the next day, and do it again. Live godly! Now, you're going to have to have God's help if you're going to do that. You know why? Let me tell you why. Because when God saved your soul, He didn't save an ounce of your flesh. Can you believe I was in church the other night, close to where I live? and it was on a Wednesday night and I... Of course, I've worked this out with my pastor my home church. My sending church is about two and a half hours away from my house. And so whenever I'm home on a Wednesday night, my pastor has told me, he said, you just go local and get your place to go local and just go to church. As long as you're in church, you assure me that I'm okay with that. So we went local to church. Well, this local independent Baptist church had a visiting preacher that night. And the preacher preached a good five or ten minutes on how that when you got saved... Uh, You've never had any more problems with your flesh anymore. And I thought, oh boy, I wish I could say man to that. Do you know there's only one thing wrong with that? It's just not true. It's just not true. Because Brother Cruz, when God saved me, He never saved an ounce of my flesh. When, when I was saved initially, my old Adamic nature wasn't eradicated. No, now I've got two natures. And you know what happens on the inside every day? They battle. They go to battle. They go to blows every single day, Brother Banffy. There's a part of me that says, read your Bible. But there's another part of me that says, you're too tired to read your Bible. There's a part of me that says, you know you need to slip that missionary a hundred dollars. But there's a part of me that said, man, I need that hundred dollars. There's a part of me that wants to live godly. There's a part of me that wants to live honestly. But brother, there's another part of me that I, just like the Apostle Paul, have to buffet every single day. And that's the old Adamic nature. The flesh that God never saved when He saved our soul. Every day when Paul said he buffeted his flesh daily, he wasn't talking about going to the buffet at the Golden Corral. He was talking about knocking his flesh down every day. When his flesh got up, he'd have to knock it down. And he'd get up again, he'd knock it down again. That's what it means to live godly and honestly. You're going to have to fight every day for victory over your flesh if you're going to live godly. Because it's in your nature to be wrong. It really is. That's why he loses so many hours of sleep some nights. Because you and your overdone in nature... That the Bible admonishes us if we want to be a blessing and help to our country. We're not only going to have to pray unceasingly, we're going to have to live righteously. I'll give this true illustration and I'll move on with my last point tonight that focuses on evangelizing our country. Just the other morning I was on my way to the office. I had a meeting on Sunday but not through the week. And whenever I'm at home through the week, I always go into the mission office and I'm there for the missionaries, and I help at the mission's office any way that I can, every day. I usually take one day a week off to mow my grass, so Miss Cassie don't have to do it. But other than that, I'm in the office. I think that's what you're supporting me to do. So I'm there in the office every time that I don't have a meeting, every time that I'm not on the mission field. You can count on it. i give you my word. I'm there in the office. And so I opened up the door to our house. And I noticed, we live in the mountains of North Georgia, and I noticed, I looked down there, and there was the cutest little bunny rabbit. I mean, it wasn't even a full-sized rabbit. It, it was just a little bunny rabbit. And I looked down, and for a few moments, Mrs. and our eyes met. And I thought, oh, what a beautiful little bunny rabbit. And all of a sudden, the split second that our eyes met, His eyes got doubled in size. And his eyes doubled in size because right around the corner, our cat, he's named Abraham after Abraham Lincoln because he never tells a lie. Abraham, Cassie had let Abraham outside and I didn't know it. So when our eyes met me And the little bunny rabbit's eyes And we looked at one another But then when his eyes got bigger He saw Abraham And Abraham saw him Abraham pounced on that rabbit The rabbit kicked him And he got away for a split second But then our neighbor has built a fence They built it long before I got there They, they built a fence Good fences make good neighbors, by the way, say amen. They built a fence out of brick. And that little buddy rabbit was so distraught as he ran away from Abraham, he ran into that brick fence. Abraham, of course, took advantage of it. He pounced on the little buddy rabbit. I saw it, Dr. Neal, I saw it. I witnessed it with my own two eyes. As Abraham literally... Clamped on the back Of that little bunny rabbit I saw the bunny rabbit He kicked He kicked He tried to get away But alas It was too late And Abraham dragged that bunny rabbit off Oh I, I, I was so mad it was early in the morning. Cassie came outside because she heard me screaming. I said, Abraham, drop that bunny rabbit. Look, if you're going to pick on somebody, pick on somebody your own size, you know. Abraham's a full-grown tomcat. Here's a little bitty, nice little bunny And he's all over this bunny rabbit. If you're going to pick on somebody, pick on somebody your own size. So Abraham killed that little bunny rabbit. He carried it off. And last I seen him, he was taking him towards the woods. Well, that's actually not my cat. It's my son Joshua's cat. So I figured I would let into Joshua when he got home. So my son come home that night. He sat down in the living room. I said, Joshua, do you know what your son did today? You need to have a long talk without a long-tailed tomcat. He said, what did he do, Dad? I said, he killed that little bunny rabbit out there. I saw him. He killed it. He choked him to death. He choked him to death. And you know what Joshua said? Joshua said, Oh, that's nothing. It's in his nature. And boy, when he said that, God turned the light on in my own mind and in my own spirit. That's just like your old flesh. I want to tell you something that you might not want to hear. But your flesh... Make no provision for the flesh. Make no pro- Listen, you can't trust it. I can't trust it. Never, this is what I tell myself often, I never, Brother Cardinal, never allow yourself to get in a position when you would have to trust your flesh because your flesh will fail you. I'm telling you how we can be a blessing to America. Live godly. Live righteously. Your neighbor may not live such a life, but you can live such a life. I can live such a life. Live soberly. Live godly. Live righteously. How, preacher, I love my country. How can we be a blessing to the United States of America? By praying unceasingly. By living righteously and godly. And finally, by evangelizing fervently. Now let's read all the four verses again and see how the Holy Ghost structured them to enable them to fit together perfectly. Paul writes, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications and prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, watch your Bible, who will have all men to be saved, and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting the chapter begins by addressing the fact that God hears about men through prayer. However, as the chapter progresses, it eventually stresses the great need for men to hear about God through proclamation of the gospel. And I say that because the Bible is abundantly clear. It is the will of God for all men everywhere to be saved by the good grace of God and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And that desire doesn't begin with men across the sea. It begins with men across the street. That's why we reach out Jerusalem. That's why we reach our city, our state, our country. That's why we keep the buses rolling. That's why when we leave the house of God, we leave with a pocket full of gospel tracts. That's why we share the gospel right here in Jacksonville, Florida. To reach our co-workers, our last friends, our classmates, our neighbors. Hear me tonight. The greatest thing we can do as Americans for our country is to win our country to Jesus. Amen. We are to pray unceasingly. We are to live righteously. But we are to evangelize fervently. And it starts right here where we live. Can I tell you tonight? I am absolutely thrilled that Nausabona World Baptist Missions has the opportunity daily to come alongside Dr. Greg Neal and Emmanuel Baptist Church in helping Mike Payton and Miss Beth and their precious children get to Nicaragua. It is absolutely our joy to come alongside of Brother Jason Stanley His precious family, and help them get the gospel to the country of Spain. I have a heart to reach Spain and Nicaragua with the gospel. But can I tell you tonight, you're hearing one preacher preach that still gets a thrill every time it's my blessing to stand at a sporting event. And put my hand over my heart and pledge allegiance to what I believe is the greatest country on the face of God's earth. I love America and I, my heart breaks for South Dakota that town after town after town has no Bible-believing church, no gospel witness, no Brother Benji, Bowden, and family reaching them with the gospel, my heart breaks for the Midwestern United States of America where my friend uh, at uh, those various churches out there, I have several friends out there that are reaching the Midwestern part of the United States, but all at the places that need more churches more soul winners, more witnesses for the glory of God. Oh, my heart breaks for the northeastern United States of America. I've preached there many times for my friend, Brother Todd Bell, church planter in the great state of Maine. Oh, don't ever think there's not a mission field right here in the United States of America. And it's my heart's desire as we reach Nicaragua, as we reach Spain, to reach our country with the same gospel that will change the life of the people of and the people of Costa Rica tonight. Before the service this evening, after I got back to the room, I called our Southwestern Field Director, United States Field Director, Brother John Beck. Y'all support Brother John on a regular basis. And I know he would want me to thank you for that. i not only spoke to Brother Beck personally. I spoke to our Field Director personally, who is in the Northwestern. United States of America Brother Wesley Hutchins Spent many years in Jamaica Planted two or three churches there And God took him out of Jamaica And now he's planting churches And helping missionaries In the northwestern United States of America And I told both of those fellows When I got them on the phone I said listen I won't have a lot of time By the time I get to this point in the message But tell me a few places Just off the cuff That you know that Needs a good Bible believing church they didn't spend five to ten minutes. And they told need after need after need after need. Most of the places that I mention right here, they either have very few or no gospel witness whatsoever. Livingston, California, 15,000 people. Samoa, California, 5,000 people. Chalchula, California, 20,000 people. Raton, New Mexico, 5,000. Wagon Mound, New Mexico, 500 people. You know, a lot of times we are impressed by the millions and millions of people. I want you to know the Bible says, For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his Oh, so, those 500 people in Wagon Mound, New Mexico, mean just as much to God in glory as the millions of people in China tonight. Rural New Mexico, 500 people. Springer, 1,000 people. Los Alamos, 10,000 people. Fort Sumner in New Mexico. No church, no witness, no gospel being preached. I said, Brother Hutchins, You practically live in the northwestern United States now. You've told me all these places that need a good Bible-believing church. I said, Brother Hutchins, let me ask you this question. Do you know of any churches in the northwestern United States of America that have a building, that have a handful of people, but no pastor? He didn't think five minutes he said, Brother Carter, have you got a pen and paper? I said, yes, sir. Start talking, Brother, Hudson, Brother Hutchins. Sundance, Wyoming. There is a building there tonight. There is a handful of people that meet weekly. They don't have a pastor. Dickerson, North Dakota. They meet weekly in a building, but there is no Bible-believing, Bible-preaching preacher sharing the gospel. Lander, Wyoming. There is a building. There is a handful of people. But no, Dr. Greg Neal. Nobody, Peter dancy nobody preaching the gospel. Cody, Wyoming, a building, a little group of people praying that God would send somebody to take the Word of God and preach to them. Riverton, Wyoming, every single time that Brother, Brother Hutchins gave me a place, he told a five to six minute story about how that there used to be preaching there. There used to be singing there. But Brother Carl. He said, Help me pray that God would send more preachers, more preachers, more preachers. The answer to make America great again is to make America godly again. And if we're going to make it godly again, how shall they hear without a preacher? One of our missionaries in Montana got wind. That I was making phone calls about great needs right here in our own country. He sent me a text. He said, Brother Carter, this is Brother Pruitt out in Red Lodge, Montana, at the Tooth Mountain Baptist Church. He said, While you're talking to those good folks down there at Emmanuel Baptist Church about the great need out west. He said let me chime in about the great need In the state of Montana He told me about Billings Heights, Montana Now you have heard of Billings, Montana Billings, Montana is a huge city One of the larger cities in the state of Montana I've been there, i preached for my friend Brother Jason McKinney On several occasions I'll never forget it It was a wonderful, wonderful meeting But from what I understand There is a There is a place real close to Billings called Billings Heights, Montana. It has a population as well of over 100,000 people. He said in the text, he said, Brother Carter, there are several churches in the greater Billings area, but in that large Billings Heights area, there's not one. Not one church knocking on doors like we'll do Saturday. Not one. Not one preacher but the building standing on a street corner passing out gospel tags. Not one. He went on. He said, Preacher, tell him about Anaconda, Montana. Anaconda, Anaconda, Montana. He said, Preacher, there's a, about 2,000 people here. There are Three Southern Baptist churches here. But not one. Not one. Independent Baptist church. He said, preach them. Tell them about tell him about rokey Montana. A population of 1,200. 1,200. Not one church. You want to do something for your country? You give so we can get Brother Benji Bowden and his family to South Dakota as quickly as we can get him there. You want to do something for your country? Man, if you are here this week and God has put His hand on you and He's called you to preach the Gospel and you've even got your Bible college training, can I plead with you tonight? Can I beg you to pray about what I've just mentioned so we can turn our country back to God. Listen, i got this amount of information tonight in ten minutes! I wonder how many more areas I can tell you about if we really put effort into digging into the great need. You want to do something for your country? Pray unceasingly. Live righteously. And when it comes to what your pastor is leading you to do this week, you evangelize fervently. You do it with all your heart. Well, one thing's for sure before I pray tonight and I'm through. One thing's for sure. If you're sitting around waiting to learn of a need... God just took that excuse away. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, I preached what I believe that You wanted me to preach tonight. No doubt about it. I'll sleep well knowing that I did what You wanted me to do. Father, I'm burdened for the world But I am particularly burdened for the United States of America. Lord, I couldn't believe it when I started getting the emails today about town after town after town with no church. Nobody leading, oh, victory in Jesus our Savior forever, every Sunday morning. Nobody knocking on doors in their community. And Father, I just want you to know tonight, me and you have talked about this time and time and time again. And I have no problem praying this part of my prayer in front of all these people here in Jacksonville, Florida. Lord, as long as I know as long as I know it would be Your will to send me to one of those places, Lord, I'll go. I will, Lord, as long as I know it's Your will, I'll go anywhere that You'd have me to go. But Lord, right now, I know it's Your will to use me to Place needs just like I've mentioned tonight in front of your people. Now, Father, I've got enough confidence in you and this Bible that I preached from tonight that you're gonna raise up some men for those places in Montana. And you're gonna raise up some men for those places in Wyoming. Now think about those six or seven churches that are sitting there with a handful of people praying. For a preacher. Oh God. Raise up some more men. Some good godly wives. That would follow the faith of their husband. And under the leadership of this man of God. Right here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Reach America. With the gospel. Of the Lord Jesus. And for helping us. We'll thank you. And praise you. For truly thou art worthy in Jesus' name, as we stand to our feet all over the building tonight. Several fellows have already come to pray. And I'm so appreciative of that. While Pastor Neil comes to close the services he sees fit, all I want to encourage you to do is what God would have you to do. Can I ask you this one question before Dr. Neal comes? Just one question tonight. How many of you We'll pray with me for our country this evening. Would you make that commitment by slipping your hand up and say, Preacher, I help you pray. We'll pray together for America. Wonderful, wonderful. As the preacher comes tonight, I trust God would not only burden our hearts about this matter of praying, but I trust that He'll burden our hearts about participating and reaching our own country with the Gospel preacher.
1: The piano begins to play. If God's spoken to you, there shouldn't be much of an effort to make you move. I invite you to come tonight. I want you to pray for our nation. It's all been laid out for you this evening, but I want you to pray beyond that. Not just God bless this, God bless this, God do that. But God raise up laborers. God, for me, you will call my children, call my grandchildren. May that be our prayer this evening. We pray for our church that it will win strong. that God continue to bless them. We'll keep the heart of sending forth laborers into the harvest. This evening, I invite you to just spend some time in prayer. Lord speaking to you, Is the Lord working in your heart. Would you come tonight, Brother Stanley and Lewis? My heart was stirred, and Father, I was an ass, but I could, I could give you town after town in our, in our state, where there is no church, there is no gospel, and Father, I pray that you'll just enable us to do more for you, enable us to. I realize that it's not about what we can accomplish for ourselves, but what we can accomplish for the cause of Christ. Father, I pray that you'll be with those several dozen we have out of our church who are training for the ministry. May they realize their importance. May they realize how it's so important for them to remain faithful, for them to seek the will of God. Father, we've got several young adults in the service tonight who can't seem to find their way of what God would have them to do. May they not look any further than the fact that the fields are white under harvest. <clears throat> Father, I pray that for the young couples tonight, may they begin to pray, not, Lord, would You make my child a great success one day, but would You pray, if Lord, if You see fit, would You call my child, would You send my child. And may we rear them in a way, so they could be used to that capacity. Father, I pray that you'll just continue to work in hearts. I pray that you'll enable us to do more. Father, I thank you for this church and the fact that all over this country there are men who grew up, there are pastor's wife who've grown up in this place and now they're serving elsewhere. Father, may that be just the beginning of what you have for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Cottle. A great message, message that is needed. Um, if we don't reach America, it's going to get more and more difficult to send men around the world. And I guarantee you these missionaries could testify to that. Wouldn't it be great for one of these children who have surrendered to the mission field that when it comes time for them to go... Before they ever leave Jacksonville, they schedule three months of meetings that have been, of churches that have been started in this city. Can you imagine how much quicker they could get to where it is that God wanted them to be? Yeah. That's why, friend, that's why it's important for you to be right with God. For you to win a soul to Christ. For you to pray for those kids that you teach in your Sunday school class. Be faithful to your Sunday school uh, class. Because you don't know who God's going to use. You don't know who God uh, wants to use in that capacity. We must all be faithful. Uh, that's why it, it, it's y- you've got to give to missions. You've got to give to the program of the church. You've got to get on board with everything. See, so why is that so important? Because the souls of men are at stake. The souls of men are hanging in the balance. And so um, Action 18 is more than a catchy slogan. It's a good one. But it's more than a catchy slogan. Uh, you know, the themes that we're talking about is more than just, hey, this is something else we need to do. It's important uh, that we keep the priority, priority. Thank you, Brother Cottle, for preaching uh, that message tonight. And so I hope that you uh, don't leave it here, yeah. take it home with you. Uh, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest and uh, I I, I believe I know what God has for Emmanuel Baptist Church We're, we're to be a sending church that's really what every church is supposed to be is a sending church. And so, uh, let's pray to that end. Let's pray for God to continue to work. Uh, Our missionaries will be over uh, at their display. And uh, you stop by there. If you have not stopped by there, pick up a prayer card and uh, pray for them. And uh, go over there. If you haven't introduced yourself to them, get over there and introduce yourself to them. Now, for all the children, there's another gift over there tonight different from last night's gift and so you'll want to go over there and uh, get that and uh, spend some time over there Brother Coddles display is over there his music is over there he's got a new CD that I had to steal off of his table because as one of his supporting pastors he didn't think it was worthy enough of him to send me his new CD uh, but I'm not bitter about that at all so uh, you go over there get you some good music uh, go by the tables and let's look forward be here tomorrow night do not miss tomorrow night uh, be here tomorrow night we'll have another missionary presentation and look forward to Brother Cottle preaching once again and let's just stay excited about being part of what God is doing God's working uh, God is working and so let's just keep our eyes on him and continue to serve him and so missionaries I'll go ahead and dismiss you uh, so that you can get a head start it might take you a little bit longer to dodge the mud puddles uh, tonight and uh, you go by and see them but they'll know that you'll be praying for them and let's go by go by the tables over there I believe Berea Publications has a table over there as well so if you want to stop by there and uh, look at those tables we'll be here tomorrow night and then on Sunday we'll take our faith promise commitments be thankful. Thinking and praying about what God would have you give above your tithes, uh, above the other offerings to missions. You say, Pastor, all I can give is this little amount. Give it, give it. God wants our surrendered heart. He doesn't need the amount of money. He wants the surrendered heart. So you be praying about that, thinking about that, and let's look forward to being here tonight. Brother Stanley dismisses. As we're dismissed, we'll sing the chorus. Isn't he wonderful?